0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast With me today I have Wes Hartman This is actually the second time Wes has been on the podcast So it's really great to get him back on And we can talk all about uh, his project that is live on Kickstarter Savage uh issue number 5 So it's always great catching up with him uh, To talk comics, Kickstarter, and just being creative So enjoy the episode all right, Wes. Uh, welcome back. You are now officially the first ever return guest to the podcast, man. So thank you for uh, coming back, and thanks for chatting with me today.
1: Well, thanks for letting me come back. I didn't. I didn't realize uh, I was so special. Yeah, Uh-oh.
0: man. Anything for you, and uh, you know, uh, as as someone who's uh, about to launch a second issue uh, of my own Kickstarter. Uh, like i could not think of a better guest to come on and talk about kind of serializing uh your comic project because right now live uh is issue number five right of uh your series yes, sir. Uh, savage esquinas right yes sir issue five is live we've hit our goal <laughs> and working
1: towards stretch goals and just trying to do our thing reach as many people as we can
0: yeah so uh for whoever's listening who maybe didn't listen to the last episode or maybe is new to uh, your project, can you give just kind of like a quick spiel about what uh, what this project's all about?
1: Yeah, I can do it in three words. Bigfoot in space.
0: Yeah, Bigfoot in space, man. It's yeah. awesome.
1: What, so, I who mean, needs more there, than there, that? There's, you, can go, you can go into more detail than that, but I mean, it, it boils it boils down to that. I mean, if you can buy... Bigfoot in space like you can buy teenage mutant
0: ninja turtles i think you're in for for a treat have uh have you like whittled it down because i think we me mean you were talking about it last episode like just how how cool of a concept that is and usually it's one of those concepts that people kind of like either get it right away or like mm-hmm. they're never going to get it and like did that was that something that you kind of knew going in or was that something that you kind of slowly whittled down until you realized like oh this is this is it
1: no, I mean that would that was just off the cuff. Like just when the the word Sasquinaut entered into my life from from an EP of a band nobody've heard of, including me, and I just stumbled across and I saw this image of a monkey in a spacesuit and I was like, sasquatch Dude, that's that's Bigfoot in space. That's awesome. I have to read this, you know? And so I mean from from the get go, it's been Bigfoot in space is stuck in my head and I, I just, I had
0: to, had to find it and it didn't exist. So I had to make it. That's uh, that's awesome. You said that I was talking to another creator who um, was kind of had the same thing. Uh, she was looking for a specific comic with a specific style and she couldn't mm-hmm. find it. And then she realized like, Oh, I need to make this thing because it doesn't exist. Yeah. And that's so cool that you had this same kind of, aha moment like oh man this is this is what i need to do i need to bring this into the world because no one else will yeah and i I think it's awesome like from the 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 art itself to the colors to the high action adventure like the the comedy the heartfeltness like everything man like this comic really just pushes so many buttons the right way man so you really like if anyone listening who hasn't had a chance to read this series please i cannot recommend the series uh you know high enough it's just it's just uh one of those comics that's just a lot of fun right and that's that's what that's what you want
1: yeah I, I, that's that's high praise yeah, oh, I, I appreciate that i mean that's, oh you're very welcome i mean that's 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 what i wanted to do like i wanted to make a fun comic you know and not and 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 you know, I, I figured there's there's other people that are better at more the melodramatic stuff than I am, but uh, I, I think I could I think I could lean into ha- making a fun comic and do that as good as anybody else, and and that was that was the goal from the get go, and, and and funny enough, it was still really hard because I knew exactly what I wanted, but still trying to capture that tone. It, it took time and effort. I mean, there is numerous rewrites. I mean, issue one exists in probably three or four actually different stories and, and iterations. And then even the current one that, that, that exists now, it's the script and the printed book are still wildly different from each other, at least by terms of dialogue and, and, and what you actually get in the book that you read on the page. So it's it took a while, but but we got there and there's, there's always, there's just more. Like I, I, I wanted to make the, make a book that was boundless, that would let me tell any and all kinds of stories, uh, from the completely absurd of Bigfoot in space to, you know, like, well, if I, want to scratch an itch and go chase some dinosaurs i can do that in this story or if i want to go crazy space opera sci-fi star wars level thing i can do that too or who knows maybe maybe there's a romance story in there somewhere i I don't i don't know yet but but it's kind of limitless and that was my goal from the get-go is i just wanted to create a property that could let me tell most any kind of story
0: yeah, man, you, you definitely, you definitely have done that. And uh, I've just been really just impressed and excited, not only for the level of quality that this book has, but like the, the level of storytelling and then how it's kind of unfolding as we go. Um, and uh, I'm really excited to read issue five, man. And uh Uh, i'm definitely looking forward to it it's something that i backed and you know not just as a you know as a friend but someone who's a fan of the series man and and i like seeing just awesome stuff and so you definitely definitely are doing that man and thank you yeah yeah you're welcome and one thing you know i I really wanted to pick your brain about and we kind of talked about this we we chat back and forth but i definitely wanted to pick your brain about kind of that transition going from, all right, this is issue one. This is my first Kickstarter to now I'm serializing my series. What are some of the kind of um, tips or tricks, maybe pitfalls to avoid? Maybe you didn't know going into issue two, that now that you're on issue five, you could kind of, you know, you know how to maneuver this.
1: I, I That's a really good question. I'm trying to figure out how and what exactly to say. I, w- I will say, I mean, even, even with this fifth campaign, I'm still coming to realizations. I mean, it's, it's great seeing so many return backers. I've got lots of people that are returning the, 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 the retention rate has been great. So it's, I'm, I feel like I'm starting to build a relation with these, with these people because I'll message everybody and I'll get a lot of responses back. And so that's been really cool. And, and, realizing just kind of slow build, but I mean, there's still a lot of people that are jumping on that have never heard of it before. And, you know, this is the fifth, the fifth campaign, you know, I've been doing this, this is what the second year I've been putting them out. So it's like, Oh man, people know what it is, but, but they really don't. So it's still trying to get the word out there and, and even looking at my future plans You know, my plans were were to release this first six issue volume as a series because when I first made the story I was gonna do monthly comic in stores as as usual and and life and situations changed and I I went to the Kickstarter route, which has been awesome. And but my plan after this was to do uh, more of the European format, where I was going to do kind of oversized graphic novels, albums, you know, forty-page, sixty-page stories, and call them done. And and I still really like that idea, but serializing sasquatch and just realizing how many people are still coming on five issues in, two years, three years in, just now learning about it. I, I realized if I just did the one issue, the one graphic novel done in one Mm. there, I would miss out on that growth. Like issue two, Mm. issue three, you know, Mm. issue four, whatever, however long it ends up being, you know, there wouldn't be that many people. So, I mean, I'm, I've, I was really Mm. turning my back in general on serialization, but within the last month, I've kind of re-embraced the whole, the whole model. Cause I was like, no, I'm done with that. That's, that's the, that's the ancient way. But you know, and this, it's just like, man, why, why would I do that? <laughs> one, I can put the book out in 24 pages or 32 pages. I can get that out sooner than 60 or 70 or 80 pages. So one, I can put more books out, which is great. And two, it helps build that familiarity because my second issue campaign was was my lowest performing campaign of of my series. You know, I, I had a wonderful support group in the first campaign. Friends and family that don't read comics. People I hadn't even spoke to for years actually came in and jumped on the campaign and, and supported to help make it a reality. And I was like, that was stunning. And it's like, man, I didn't, I didn't expect that at all. And then, going into issue two, I, I knew it wouldn't be the same. Like I wouldn't have all the, because like they're not comic fans. They're, they're friends or supporters of me uh, just trying this new venture. And so crunching a lot of numbers and it was tight. We we hit the goal, but just barely it was in the last time. So I, I, I've come to more appreciate serialization and the, the opportunity to grow. Uh, it's allowing definitely uh, reusing elements for my Kickstarter, which has <laughs> been really nice because graphics take up a substantial amount of time for the building up for the Kickstarter. and like, well, you know, I can reuse several elements. So then I only have to really focus on, on rewards and covers for new graphics, which is still a lot, but uh, cuts down a little bit of work where man, if I have to do, New from scratch every single campaign, oh, that's intimidating, <laughs>
0: yeah,'' and it, time consuming for sure,
1: yeah, I mean, because you know you've been through that you 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 slave over your log lines and your descriptions, and you only got so many characters that fit in your title for Kickstarter and you're like how do I boil this down to to the like I would love love to just put Bigfoot in space, but I put more just because, you know, you got to try and bring some people in somehow that I'm not quite sold on Bigfoot in space. Well, there's humor and action. And, you know, you, you, you try to find those buzzwords that's, that's going to bring, bring people in. And it's, it's a challenge, man. It's, it's definitely, and, and doing more campaigns has I think made me better, but even still, I, I, I look at how, I can improve like just looking at the current campaign like man I I like a lot of what I have but now we're we're more than halfway through the campaign and I'm like man my page is super cluttered I can't believe my page is so cluttered I need to redo this
0: <laughs> so yeah you always want to go it, it's so funny when uh like I'm putting like my pages together I'm like all right this looks nice and then it's live and about like I don't know. Two weeks, And I'm like, this is just awful. Yeah, <laughs> this is why. This is why. Yeah. This is why I only got two backers today. <laughs> yeah, and it's like that's not that at all. It's just yeah. you know how our mind works for sure. So, uh, I, a really interesting question. So you, you had a a good first campaign, kind of hit a uh, not as good um, a sophomore lull or slump. Yeah, sophomore slump. There we go. Had a sophomore slump, but then I feel like. You know, I've been I've been kind of with you since the beginning here, man. Mm-hmm. You've been slowly rising. I, uh, I want to say your last campaign four was your biggest and my um yep. our most most yep. backed and most funded. And yep. then this one, I feel like, is on track to do the same or or better. Yeah, currently
1: currently we're tracking ahead. We have. I was I was doing it. I was looking at the math at this point in the campaign, comparatively between four and five. Uh, I'm I've got about I think it's. 30 31 32 backers more than last campaign and a few hundred dollars more so that's that's a good trend i mean i'm we day one we raised more this campaign than we did last time and last time we raised raised the most so it's been a it's been a steady incline uh, it issue three was a good turning point uh we we did a pretty good spike but i'll say issue two intimidated me you know just mm-hmm barely funding and just eking over the line and, and uh, you know, without support of specifically one person I can say would have been under the goal. And, and like my brother and another one of my friends both told me like, yeah, we were just watching it. If it wasn't going to hit, we're going to jump in and make sure it hit, you know? So I was like, I felt really, like love to like, oh man, these guys really want me to succeed. But in my eyes it also makes me view like it was a failure because I, I couldn't do it mm-hmm. without them.
0: Yeah. So and, uh, like I, I totally get that. And it's like I feel like as creators, right, sometimes we we go through that weird psychological thing, right? Like mm-hmm. especially when we're going on Kickstarter. It's like, do people are people even reading my work? Like is anyone mm-hmm. really doing this? And you know, I just, every time I do a Kickstarter, I just realize like how many people in my life support me, even though like you don't see it on an everyday basis. Like I'll have yeah. like, you know, friends and, and colleagues and, um, and family members that, you know, I, I don't see or talk to on a regular basis that, but they're supporting this endeavor and it's like, wow, yeah. like that really means a lot. And I, I wouldn't look at it as as being a failure. I would actually look at that as the opposite. As as people like want your yeah, want your back yeah. so bad, like like it'd be different if you, like you were a jerk and no one came around. No, like,
1: no you you you're absolutely right. I I, I will. I want to, you know, it's, it's one of those things like, Oh, you, you get that thing. It's like, I want to do it on my own. And and I, I wouldn't be here where I am on issue five without these people. So mm-hmm. I am immensely thankful that they were there to, to support. Yeah. But you know, when you, you come out, like you don't want to just get on first base. You want to hit a
0: home run for sure. You know, no one like, wants to play small ball.
1: Right. Like this you your Babe Ruth point to the stands out the get go, you're not bunting on your first at bat. So it, even it, though that's how you should thing. play the game. As long as you get on base, right? Right, right. As long as you get on base, that's what you need. So yeah. it, it's one of those things. Like I, I am immensely grateful for their things and I don't diminish their 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 contributions because I am still doing this because they helped me get there. But it was one of those things where it it forced me to re examine and scale back. So issue three actually I did scale back. I I lowered the goal. I cut one of the variant covers just to save costs. And when it came to like producing merch, I didn't do any new merch. I used what I had left from issues one and two and just focused solely on pushing the comic and and at that point we funded faster, but the goal was lower, so it was easier to fund. But it really it really felt I felt a momentum because I got fantastic word of mouth. And like, I had a lot of people that backed in the first campaign specifically messaged me like, this was great. I really love this. I can't wait. And it's, you know, they didn't have that. didn't have that on the first issue, you know? And then the second issue is like, you heard like one or two, I got a couple of really good reviews. I was like, that's really cool. But there wasn't quite as much personal interaction. And then especially when issue three came I got more interaction with people, which is just, that's what I've loved the most, like getting to talk to people. It's like being at a con without being at a con, you know, just talking to people. And you don't get that when you just like, Hey, my book's in the store, go buy it. And you know, as great as it is having on the comic shelf, it's been a whole lot cooler to actually talk to people about it and, and hear their thoughts and feedback and, that's been fun. I've, I've enjoyed that more than anything.
0: Yeah. It's, there's really nothing uh, cooler as a creator when someone is excited to get you or something mm-hmm. you sent them in the mail and like, they're, like it brightens up their, your, their day, right? Like it's, it's really yeah. cool. Like you created something that didn't exist in the universe until you yeah. decided it needed to exist. And then someone else who you don't know mm-hmm. wanted it. Like like that's, it's it's like a weird, it's like a really cool and weird kind of exchange yeah. that uh, it's really gratifying, but it's hard to kind of um, hard to explain unless you've, you've experienced it yourself. Yeah. Right. Like as consumers, like we, we yeah. get something from Amazon. Right. But it yeah. feels a lot different than if you're the one making it, sending mm-hmm. it to someone and then getting feedback that they enjoyed it. Like that's really yeah. cool. And well, uh, you go on, go on social media and like, Who's who's this I don't know this person who's this person
1: tagging me like what is this And you go look and like oh it's a mail car unboxing You're like oh that's pretty cool like like it just that that was it only happens a few times but when it does it's always like oh oh yeah goody you know it was like christmas and i'm not even getting anything <laughs> i'm getting for just sure. watching them get it and it's just like, ah, it's, it's it's almost as great as watching watching my kid open her presents this last christmas when she finally understood
0: <laughs> oh man i uh i made a mistake um my daughter because of covid we haven't really taken her to any stores or whatever so we took her to mm-hmm. target for the first time uh over the weekend and i made a mistake of taking her down the toy aisle and now (laughs) she's like 20 months so she walks and she understands stuff and uh i just realized i can't ever do that because i'm the dad who's just like whatever you want babe take it all like (laughs) i I don't have enough money to do that and i'm pretty sure my wife my my wife like she had like two stuffed animals and my wife is like you're never allowed to come into the store again with with your daughter so it's yeah well she's she, she doesn't
1: ask for much so usually when she does we cake pretty quickly yeah there's <laughs> well, no we went to the comic store uh a couple months ago like i was i may have been dropping off issue four because one of the local shops supports supports my campaigns and, and stocks it uh dragon's lair and and so i was dropping them off and had her with me and and Next thing you know, she's got this stuffed animal from a shelf, which she doesn't pull things off shelves. She doesn't claim it. And she's just walking around the store hugging it. And my wife's like, no, I'll put it back. And I'm on the other side of it. She runs over, grabs me, pulls me to the other side of the store to come look at this this stuffed animal. It's We call it moonicorn. It's this round ball that's got wings and a unicorn head. And there's like this crescent moon on its butt. We just call it moonicorn. I have no idea what it is. But it's like that's hers. Like, like I, whatever, I gotta, the, whatever it is,
0: we're gonna get. I it. gotta make a request. Moonicorn has to sure. show up in issue six or seven. <laughs> you gotta have a <laughs> Moonicorn sighting. Well, issue six already drawn. Won't be that. We had the laser unicorn in issue four. <laughs> uh, close. <laughs> so, uh, going back to the the Kickstarter, um, sure. what do you what do you think was the? Um, the driving force to kind of ramp back up from two to three, was it the cutting down and just really focusing on the comic? Was it your outreach with marketing or was it the fact that now you're starting to get a following and it's just the more time you put in, the more um, people have seen your work and just kind of start snowballing.
1: I'm going to put it towards the following because I've, I've managed to keep a pretty good percentage each campaign of return backers and and those guys and gals have been fantastic because they're the ones that once they realize like, oh yeah, issue one was good, I liked issue two or issue one was good, I liked issue two. Two was also really good. This isn't just a, hey, you're going to go up and then kind of the, the usual issue two, you, draw, you start off on one real high, then oh, you got the story part of issue two that slows <laughs> everything down, but issues one and two were kind of like almost one continuous story, even though they, that's, I wrote them together initially. So they was just kind of like ramped up, ramped up, ramped up, ramped up. And so it was like full throttle the whole way. And they were like, man, this is great. And so they, they helped me reach out and they shared and they spoke about it. And that, more than anything, I did, because I'm not great at marketing. <laughs> I, 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 won't, I won't claim to be like, yeah, I did all these great things to get to these people. No, no. My current Facebook ad, you can see the numbers. I'm not great at marketing. <laughs> so it's a learning process. If I could if I find an intern that was good at marketing, they'd have that job. <laughs>
0: For sure. Yeah, I don't think, you know, it's so funny when you um, you know, kind of become a creator, right? Like you're you're like, all right, this is what I'm gonna do. You think like, all right, all I'm gonna do is just create and people are just gonna love my stuff. And and you think you're with that Babe Ruth who points to the you know, to the upper deck and you're gonna hit that home run. But in reality, you're hitting singles and doubles all the time, Mm -hmm. and you really have to learn how to be the marketer even though you don't want to and you're not that good yeah. at it right like you have to learn how to be your own like how to contact a printer and work out like specs mm-hmm. for that stuff you have to learn how to you know be a um uh not like uh your own shipping right like your, yeah. like all of that stuff like you just kind of have to learn on the fly and it's it's actually really cool like at first i really despised it because it's like i didn't want to like it was like all this extra work. But now I'm like, man, I'm learning like these really cool skills that I would not have learned if I was just going to sit at my desk and just write.
1: Yeah. Uh, Fortunately with my background, I, I, I had quite a bit of that already instilled with the printers and, and doing that stuff. Marketing is its own beast. I, 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 I can be, it's funny, even when it comes to conventions, I can probably hype you better than you can hype yourself, but hyping myself is a lot harder <laughs> for me, which is ridiculous, uh, but it's it's that same game. It's, it, 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 it's trying to be that hype man, be that person to call attention, like, hey, look at me, like flashing neon sign over here that the guy on the corner twirling the sign that you can't read because he's twirling it too fast but it says something and you want to know what it is but who knows you know trying to figure out how to be that (laughs) guy while still doing everything else
0: it's really interesting i don't know if like if you feel this way, but i always like i still haven't got accustomed to talking about my own work yet like a lot yeah like and like obviously it, it with other creators and that's one reason why i like to do this podcast it gives me kind of a, yeah. a reason to right and like practice and is different right like me and you are kind of like we're in the same boat we do the same thing right we could talk about it but like talking to my colleague about like my writing and stuff like it feels weird like like yeah. i feel really pretentious sometimes like talking yeah. and it's just it's just interesting. I haven't gotten over that weird, whatever that weirdness is that I don't know if you feel that same way sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Cause uh, it's going to sound pretentious, but people
1: don't see the world look like we do, you know, and that's, and that's the short, the short version of it. Cause you know, I've the, the, Civilians, if you allow the term, the, the non-comic folk, the, the the non-creatives, the civilians, if, if you allow me, you know, they'll like, oh, well, how do you, how do you color your comics? Or, oh, you write this comic? Like, what do you do about that? And I've, I've seen it so many times that you like, oh, this is what I do. And within three seconds, it's eyes blazed over and just, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh oh, uh uh-huh, and you do that for a living, you know, you you lose them instantly when you try to tell, explain what you do, and, and, yeah, it's just, it's just a different approach to life, it's like, oh, so you, you tell, the artist tells you what color to put there, like, no, not, not really, if I'm coloring something, unless it's like, well, Spider-Man's wearing red and blue, so. That much they already told me, (laughs) you know.
0: That that much, that much is kind of can't mess with that. Everything else
1: beyond that, you're kind of you're kind of free free to choose. So it, and that's that's the same with story because even when you like, oh, say we watch a movie, like oh, I really like this movie, says the civilian. I'm like, it's okay. like, oh, you didn't like it. Like, there's issues with it. I mean, it's all right, but. You know, but then they're like, well, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? It's like, do you really want me to go into this? Like, <laughs> okay, well, what happens here? And this is there. And this doesn't co- connect to this. And they made a big deal about this point in the story, which never paid off later. So it was just kind of a waste. And then they're like, oh, oh you don't like anything. Well, like, oh, no, it's you're trying to trying to just enjoy the story and, as a storyteller and a creative individual, I'm, I'm looking at that stuff because one, I'm always trying to make my stuff better. Cause I know I can, I could use brushing up and boning up on certain skills. So if somebody does it really well, like, man, that's, that's really cool. I'm going to rip that off.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you like, you like an artist? Right? Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> you, uh, know, uh, you know, the, uh, it, it's funny you say that I, uh, you know, I, Whenever I watch like TV or or movie, especially movies with my wife, like I'm always like saying what's going to happen and things that are like going on. Like this is why, like this is why they're doing this, or this is what this means. And she's mm-hmm. just like, she's like, we just watch the movie, please. Yeah. And I, I I teach you know I'm a I'm a teacher by by trade, and mm-hmm. uh, I teach a film class, uh, rhetoric of cinema, and I tell them the first day that I apologize in advance, but. I'm going to ruin movies for you. Like you'll never be able to watch a movie the same way again. And then well, sure enough by the end of the class, it's only a semester, but the end of the class, a very good handful of my students are like, yeah, can't ever watch a movie again. You ruined it. And cause mm-hmm. we're always analyzing structure and, yeah. and, and what's going on uh, in scenes and why it's happening. And it's just, it's a lot of fun, number one, and it helps with, Like you said, like you're always analyzing it as storyteller to make yourself better and just seeing how um, seeing how other things are made only can help you. You know, and that's one reason why I like doing this is I just I love to pick brains of other creatives because it's just either, like you said, sharpening your own tools or it's, you know. A different approaches I might not have, I, I don't think of that I might use or yeah. giving me new tools. And it's just, it's just been really fun to kind of kind of go down that road and that path.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've made a conscious effort to try and not provide commentary, <laughs> whatever somebody asks opinion. And sometimes that's really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no. what do you think? I liked it yeah is that all yes <laughs> i want to you, say more but i don't want to ruin something you love or anything like that you know yeah. so it's it yeah. I, to- I always is go with opinion? like do
0: you do you want my honest opinion yeah oh, <laughs> i always do that and i always like why wouldn't i want your honest opinion i'm like i'm just asking uh, brace yourself because here it comes yeah uh, so uh, Going back to the comic, you said originally that uh, the series was going to be six issues, Mm -hmm. but now that you're serializing this, are there plans for more? Yeah. This will, the six
1: issues will still be volume one. So I'll, I'll conclude and wrap up this, this six issue arc. And then I have a couple other projects that are already in production and, and, Mm -hmm. and, and getting underway. And I will come back to Sasquonot after I get all these balls rolling and moving, and so probably after issue six will be later this year, and chances are the the collected edition will be early next year, and then after that it'll be a couple new projects. So it'll probably be probably about a two year window between between the end of. Sasquanaut volume one and the start of Sasquanaut volume two maybe three years it just depends uh, the uh, my artists my cover artist for my B covers Craig Babiar um, he's, he's already like I'm drawing Sasquanaut like I'm doing that and like okay but he's actually currently drawing another, another series that he and I are, are developing and he's about 20 pages into that already and so once he finishes this up hopefully hopefully by the end of this year or early next year he'll I'll have stuff done so he can start going into drawing Sasquatch volume 2 while I'm kickstarting the next series for that he's drawing at this moment if that makes sense that series is called Graveyard Orbit it's it's more uh sci-fi thriller horror thing which is my first foray into that genre of thriller horror i've never written anything like that so it's, uh, it's a it's challenge
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's wheelhouse. Like, yeah uh, you know i'm a horror guy myself so that's definitely up my you know? my alley man so what uh what lessons did you learn from writing sasquinaught sasquinaught excuse me to this this new endeavor i know obviously it's in space right so i you know yeah. as someone who um you know i'm on my second series now mm. um I definitely like staying kind of, you know, genre adjacent, even if you're moving in a different yeah. direction. Right. So like you still have backers that they might not be horror fans, but they, they might be, you know, the sci-fi fans. Sci-fi, so yeah. um, what lessons did you learn from writing, from writing your first series that you've taken, you know, onto this next series and kind of what challenges challenges are you facing now that you're in this new genre?
1: Oh, one, I'm, I'm trying to actually have better, more complete scripts because one thing I've, I've always done in the past is I, I really, I'll break, I do mostly full scripts depending on who I'm working for. Craig and I have a pretty good shorthand. So there's times I can go real loose with the script, but generally I write full scripts, which is a page has the panels per page and dialogue, most of the time, previously, I would have very, very generic placeholder dialogue. Like, I would not worry about finalizing. I was like, hey, this is what I'm conveying. These are your ideas. Uh, so it gives them a pretty good idea for acting and facial expressions and whatever. Just the pertinent info. But I wouldn't really write it until I got the arc. And... My process is very clunky in that way because <laughs> I, uh, I I tend to write and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite. So it's like I'll have my initial draft. I'll get the art. I will letter that draft like real quick. I'll spend two hours just do quick word balloons and bubbles as is. Print it out because I still like paper on some things. I'll print it out and I will handwrite notes all over it, rewriting dialogue, post-it notes on the page itself. And then I'll take that, rewrite the script in the computer. If if like currently I have a letter, so that way then he'll take it and he'll go letter it and then he'll send it back to me and I'll rewrite some more stuff. But when I was doing my own lettering, like i i probably I'd probably rewrite and re-letter probably about eight times. <laughs> so I'm trying to get a little bit better about getting a final script so there won't be so much on the back end yeah i'm sure i
0: mean i i I love that process talk man it's so fascinating to me because it's so weird because it's so hard like when i was first kind of getting my feet wet probably about five or six years ago now Mm -hmm. Um, with writing comics, I you know was still dancing around whether or not I wanted to do it. I would I would just devour scripts, Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: you never hear and it's very rare. Just not just in comics, but all writing, you never really hear about process, right? Like how how the editing goes, how the just the writing in general, the outline and all that stuff. And when I was first coming up, I, I was thought there was like a way. Right. Like there had to been yeah. a way someone has to, like whatever I'm doing isn't working. And what I found, you know, what I found is, as I went on is is your process is whatever you make it whatever works for you. Yeah. And sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes it's different for each project. Right. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it really as long as you get the work done, it doesn't matter kind of how you got there. And what, what I.
1: Yeah. That's been each of my projects. I think I've done it differently each time, except for the the rewriting of dialogue. That's That's been pretty standard. So I'm trying to break that habit. But even when I did my very first creator on series, uh, Sky Sharks, back in the day, that was the time I experimented with note cards because I read somewhere somebody broke down like, oh, I use note cards because I write the scenes on there and then I can just arrange the note cards in order. I did that. It, it worked. I... I've never done it since. I can't tell you why. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's so yeah, it just it it is been mostly different for me each time, which is also kind of one thing I'm working to improve. It's just like let me let me figure this out and just get kind of a system, you know. I'm I'm currently editing another series. I just signed on to edit a series and it's an established product, but he's wanting to go back and revisit His his issues and 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 do it, and it's an interesting challenge because i I I want to work within the confines of what he has done. Not be like, hey, here's all these notes to draw all these extra pages or redraw panels. Like, I want to work within what you have, but. I still find myself doing the same thing. I still have printouts because I'm. I'm just like I'm going to print your book out because he's like oh, I could have mailed you copies. He's like bro, I'm going to write all over them. You got slick paper. I don't know what I'm going to write with. So, print it out with my printer. I got my post-it notes. I got my pencils and pens and highlighters. I'm just marking up pages just uh and putting on putting down notes and it's like, I could do that in a computer. I can do that on the PDF. But something about the tactile nature makes it easier to process for me. Which, you know, I, I, I'm i not sure why, but you know, it's maybe maybe I'm, it's my, my
0: age showing. <laughs> you know what? I'm the exact same way with my revisions. So once I'm done with a script, I usually print it out and then I'll go over it with a pen and add notes. And so somewhere in my teacher school, right? And I know this, so when you physically do something, like physically write on something, like physically write, it activates Mm -hmm. a different part of your brain than when you type. Um, Yeah. And what I the reason why I think I like it is that when I'm writing it, since I know that right, I know that's a thing. It's making the revisions stick in my brain more, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about it differently than if I type it. If that makes any sense and and like yeah. since you do something like that it probably like it makes it feel more concrete maybe maybe a little more real maybe like you're whatever that thing is um it's definitely well, something... and,
1: and uh i'm i'm actually currently reading uh the disorganized writer uh by anthony johnson and it's one of those things where he talks about this a bit because he talks about taking notes and and basically he's he's offering up his process on how to basically juggle multiple projects and with the struggle mindset in your daily life. Cause you know, I don't know about you, but stuff happens and it's sitting here and I'm sitting down trying to write. And it's like, no. And it's like the first page or the second page of that book. When I first opened it up, I got it for Christmas. I read it. And I'm like, Oh, he's describing my entire mindset. <laughs> Anytime
0: I sit down to write. Give me one second. My I apologize. Right here. No right. worries. It's okay. It's okay. Good boy. Good boy. All right. Someone, uh, just a sec. Hey, It's okay, buddy. Someone decided to start letting off fireworks. Oh, yeah. That's not good. Yeah. With, yeah my uh, my, my dog's like, next
1: to me. He was just looking. I was like, hey, who's that? Yeah.
0: With my uh, my daughter sleeping, too. So that's definitely not cool. So, yeah. So definitely threw me off my game, man. <laughs> all right. It's all right. So. Uh, so, yeah,
1: the, I, I, I was reading that book. It was just like, hey. That's he's described me and 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 so I've been I'm still reading through it, but I'm trying to enact some of the practices. Well, one thing he talked about was handwriting notes. He's like you can put it in your phone or whatever, but it, part of his process that he encourages is handwriting it because one, it's a little more innocuous than always pulling out your phone, especially if you're with people that can turn people off really quick, but it's less rude when somebody sees you like write something down, which I get that. I, I would be pissed if somebody starts typing in their phone when I'm talking to them. But yeah. if they're writing like, oh yeah, I'm just that engaging or something. I don't know. But he talks about cause then you still need to convey that that information. So you're gonna tend to bring those notes and type them into your computer or wherever you have your project file or something like that. And so it allows you to revisit the notes. And you don't ever copy them verbatim. I know I don't. Whenever I handwrite all my corrections and stuff on on my comic pages, whenever I go transcribe it to a script, I still change it and edit it in the process. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and that's one thing he talks about. And it's just like, it allows you to further think about it and extrapolate it more. It's not just straight transcription. It's allowing you to, you wrote it down quick over here, but now that you're putting it in a computer, you have more time to think about it. And it's like, Oh, that kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing by, you know, I I didn't realize that. So it's, it's been, it's been a really interesting, helpful book for me so far uh, just having just started it, but I feel like I'm already reaping the benefits. I'm, I'm limited in some regards because like you got, got a two year old. So you know, bundle of energy that demands all your attention. You, you you don't get to like, okay, daddy's writing now. You can't bother me. It's just like, no, you're either asleep in the morning or asleep at night. That's when you're gonna get the work done. So, that's that's so exactly it, how.
0: Yeah, that's how that's how but, we are too. It's it's either most of the stuff's yeah. done at night for me. Yeah. So, so I've yeah, just I mean, I've just started
1: a morning routine. So it's oh, it's nice. proven
0: fruitful. Nice. What do you do? What are you doing in the morning?
1: Uh, I, I get up and I write at 5.00 AM. No, I don't, don't turn on emails. I don't look at social media. It's, I roll out of bed, grab water or coffee, go to my computer and just start hammering away. And it's, it's actually been the most productive like week and a half in, in, (laughs) I've probably done more in the last week and a half than I have quantifiably in the last year like oh Oh, wow this is is usable this is great because it's it was always so oh man i can go right now but whenever you sit down to do it like man i've got this on my mind or like how am i gonna get that bill done or oh kaylee's sick or this is happening moose is throwing up again like too many things so the the amount of work done even the quality was just very non-existent even when I was like oh man I wrote for three days and I I knocked that out in an hour here at 5 a.m that's like okay maybe I'll maybe I'll do that instead no internet no people and okay
0: Uh, that's awesome I'd rather
1: not wake up at 5 a.m but whatever works right
0: yeah for sure so before my daughter was born I was very much I probably did it for like two and a half maybe three years where I was up at really early in the morning writing and Mm -hmm. i liked it however like i was, i felt like i was doing more editing for whatever reason my brain just wasn't wasn't Mm -hmm. on gear but that was just kind of my process at the time then my daughter was born and my daughter is not the greatest sleeper and so Mm -hmm. waking up at five in the morning was just out of the question (laughs) so i have now turned to nighttime so now i have like reversed it so now when everyone's asleep my, my wife will go to sleep i'll come downstairs and i'll write and it's it's really interesting i've a lot of people i talk to most people create when the rest of the world is sleeping
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i don't know why that is right like because like they're not bothering you, you. No phone yeah calls, that's probably it no emails. Right? yeah because like usually someone's like usually writing early morning or they're the real late nighters mm-hmm. and you know every now and then you know the way life is you you find the margins to do your work but for the most part, those are the two constants, and I just I found it interesting with the amount of people I've now interviewed that yeah. that's those are a recurring themes.
1: I tried to do the late night one, but usually, you know, I, I have to wake up early anyway with the kids. So it was by the time I got to the end of the day, I was tired. I I still got some work done, mm-hmm. but I I gave myself a lot of nights off, so I, I did it for about a month. I did through March. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And I had planned out three days a week. I was going to go Tuesday through Thursday because Monday nights I stream on, on Twitch and Fridays. I was like, that's your, your night, honey, we can do whatever. And I would get one or two out of the three days a week done. Cause it's like, man, I am, I'd be, I'd do Tuesday and be all jazzed. And by Wednesday, night I'm like oh I'm a zombie I'm so tired because stay up late I'm already up early taking care of the kid and just the life through the day it's like all right well and just going through and he's going through that book and they're like well you know a lot of writers do it like this and it's like well I tried night let me try morning I don't want to but whatever works and it's just the difference has been astronomical just at a, at a snap of fingers like wow oh, okay well so now it's got me really percolating because I mean I finished a script that I've been trying to finish for the last several months yesterday morning I'm like okay it's done it's off to the editor I don't have to do that anymore so today it's this other project which last time I was working on it was November and I kind of got just stuck you know kind of the big the big question the big like hey this is this is what i need to solve before i can really proceed okay i guess i'm gonna sit down and do that it's like dude i cracked it this morning like i i didn't know what to expect i didn't know what i was gonna do and it's like it just oh oh it's been staring me in the face the whole time like oh dude i got so pumped up this morning like i can't wait oh i need more time no stay asleep stay asleep so i can keep writing (laughs) You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for tomorrow. Like, okay, is it, is it bedtime yet? So I can go back in five. I I got stuff to do, you know? And now I'm like, man, I should have done this at the beginning of March as opposed to last week, I would have been so much further ahead and just, it got me really energized and it's like, Oh, I can do this. And I've got this in the works and it's just like, Oh yeah. Now, obviously I know I'm not going to have this productive of day or week every single time, but just to have the, the noticeable difference from what the what has been my established past for the last couple of years it's 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 great because sasquatch stuff I, I wrote and did years ago I mean the art's been done for a couple of years now before I launched issue one all six issues were already drawn oh wow so, yeah so it was like I've I've had this stuff for a while I'm like oh I'm I'm doing this and that it's all percolating and now it's just kind of like Determined to sit down and do it and making a point. Like, instead of, I kept waiting for the stars to align, like, oh, I've got a gap in my freelance coloring schedule, and this is lined up. It's like, hey, cool. The kid's gone, or whatever. It's like, cool. I've got a day to write. But it would be ho-hum because, hey, oh, well, I got to go do this errand or that errand for the family or for my wife, or this came up. So the days will be very, moderately to not productive so now it's just like all right let me try this other routine and it's like well okay if i can do this this is gonna open up a whole world of possibilities if that just means i have to wake up at five then i just have to wake up at five and i'll deal all right if i'm in bed by 10 o'clock okay you know it's a far cry from the 3 a.m i used to go to sleep
0: (laughs) for sure for sure dude i'm i'm so happy that um you know it's working out for you that's that's awesome
1: i've i've it's it's i've had this conversation a couple times with with my family because they've commented like man you're you're kind of different and whatever like like you okay what's going on it's just like it's i've come to the startling realization that while the entire world is falling apart around us you know i've got friends hospitalized and uh hopefully not dying and we've got all kind of family like this is happening and that's happening people are struggling all around me you know like even wife she's got troubles and it's just like like man the whole world's falling and burning all around me and for the first time in my life i'm happy <laughs> It's like, it only took everybody else's misery to get to this point. <laughs> what does that say about me? Oh, man.
0: <laughs> oh, but that it, is it, a- it's
1: what, is, you know, like, my wife's awesome. My daughter's awesome. I'm getting able to, I'm able to put out my comic books. I'm creating regularly. I've got, you know, relatively interesting work outside of that. So it's was like, oh, hey, it's like things have finally worked out. You know, last year we were this time last year i wouldn't have said that but now it's like oh yeah okay and still things are horrible but i'm okay
0: and it's nice to actually be able to say that i'm okay (laughs) yeah man dude that's that's a that is a great way to kind of um kind of wrap this up and before we get out of here you want to talk a little bit about specifically the kickstarter and where people can find you and all that good stuff
1: yeah, we're on. We're live on Kickstarter. Uh, the goal is already met, so there's no chance this book isn't coming out because it's already done. Uh, so uh, it ends on April thirtieth. That's is it next Friday. Next Friday, and yeah, uh, there's. All issues are available, issues one through five. I've got all the variant covers for each issue available with some of the best and brightest talent in the, in the industry. We've got Marat Michaels doing a Jim Lee homage on issue five. Uh, got Paolo Pantelena who did issue one Kickstarter cover, which is awesome. We've got V-Ken Marion and Jordan Gunderson and and Tumi to Dene, to man. There's, there's so many great cover artists. And Gabe Santos drawing the interiors, who's just – it's his first comic book but you would think he's a season pro he's just killing it like crazy the dude's doing unbelievable work and yeah i, I bigfoot in space is you, you can't go really go wrong with it if you like teenage mutant ninja turtles and you can buy into that you can buy into T- bigfoot in space and yeah
0: it, you know not to cut you off but, man it's, it's a beautiful beautifully drawn book well made like again I can't I can't hype it enough. I cannot recommend it high enough.
1: I appreciate that. As far where can,
0: as uh, where can everyone find you on social media if they want to connect with you?
1: Where to find me? I am primarily on Facebook at either Wes Hartman or Savage Sasquanaut or even Cosmic Root Studio, which is my, my comic book imprint for Sasquanaut. Uh, I am on Instagram at Westflow seven eight two five eight. That's W E S F L O seven eight two five eight, and I am on Twitter as Sasquonot, so it should be really easy to find me. And I also do Twitch every Monday night, about eight PM Central, for a live stream. Usually coloring. Uh, I work on Sasquonot covers, pages, other projects I'm working on, and and I'll talk about my creative process. I've been talking about the Kickstarter some since that's been going on. And yeah, that's, uh, oh, in Patreon. I'm also on Patreon at Westflow and uh, I'll break down my creative process. I'll talk about future projects and show preview stuff there and, and really just kind of use that as a staging point for, for all my other stuff I do with my newsletter and, and, and posts on social media. It's kind of where it all percolates and starts from
0: that's awesome man so Wes thank you again for coming on man it's always a pleasure talking and and uh I had a blast yeah, man. man
1: yeah it's hard to believe it's already been an hour
0: <laughs> yeah I know man flew by so thanks again yeah, appreciate it